0: Wins the game at the buzzer. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of the Gunshot. My name is Grant Gunn. I'm joined with my sister Lauren, writer at Mavs Moneyball. We've got a great pod for you today. Uh, we wanted to give you guys kind of a little behind the scenes of what Lauren and I talk about when we're not recording. Um, we talk basketball all the time as it is, Uh, And our last pod uh, that we did, just her and I, prior to the interview with Dom 2K, which I I highly recommend you go back and listen to. He had a a lot of great things to talk about when we looked at this NBA offseason, as well as some things to look forward to uh, with the drop of NBA 2K22. So we had a great conversation with him. But prior to that, Lauren and I threw around some trade packages that we saw uh, or could see for Ben Simmons and just were were tossing around some ideas. Um, And we had kind of had a conversation prior to airing. Her and I had gone to lunch one day. And we just kicked around some ideas. And so we guys were going to, we were going to show you guys how we kind of did that today. Uh, we picked four players um, and we're going to go kind of team by team, seeing if any of these players could fit with that team, what a trade package might look like. Um, and so we'll kind of give you guys a, a look at what our process is like. And so, Lauren, I'll let you tell them who the four players are, and then we'll start um, with one team and we'll just go one by one. So who are the, who are the guys we're looking at trading?
1: Okay, sounds good. Yeah, so we number one is going to be Kevin Love. Uh, obviously, like Grant said, lots of rumors surrounding that. And I mean, while yes, the buyout is very possible, we are going to uh, move, handle this discussion as if he will be traded uh, with that $31 million salary that he is set to, to make next year. Uh, we're also going to discuss Miles Turner, who's making $18 million, uh, next season with the Pacers. Um, along with Harrison Barnes, who has also been talked about quite a bit, uh, and he's making 21 million this next upcoming season. And lastly, lots of speculation, but still a lot of uncertainty. Uh, we did we are going to be discussing Chris Steps for Porzingis, who is set to make 29 and a half million next season
0: absolutely so off the top lauren kind of mentioned this but these are not people that we think by any means are going to be traded anytime soon but rumors have existed Uh, rumors will always be out there especially when it comes trade deadline time Um, these guys names have always been floated around so um, by no means are we looking to trade any of these players we are just trying to show you guys what it was like for us when we put together some of the trade packages that we had discussed last time for ben simmons so with that being said lauren we're going to go team by team. Would you like to start in the East or the West?
1: Uh, I, I want to start in the East.
0: All righty. So let's just start at the top of the standings. Let me pull that up. For some reason, when I Google NBA standings, it didn't pull up your typical Google results. So I'm opening NBA.com. Top of the standings last year were the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously, we discussed a lot. They have outstanding with Ben Simmons. Um, looking at these four guys that, that we've talked about, Last time we we discussed Sacramento as an option for Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes obviously could be a, a salary matching type piece in that deal. Um, so I don't know that we need to break that down too much. I believe we also talked about a three-team possibility for Miles Turner. Uh, whether he goes to Portland, I think, was what we discussed back then. Um, obviously, any kind of trade with Ben Simmons may include a third team. So, so Lauren, is there much we want to touch on here? Um, With Ben Simmons, obviously Kevin Love and Porzingis are are interesting options to discuss too. Uh, But what do you have? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, with Philadelphia, just looking at the guys that we're discussing, I don't see Porzingis being a fit there uh, Harrison Barnes to me is too redundant to to Tobias Harris. So I don't see that being a possibility either miles Turner. I don't really know why they would have a need for him given that their best player is Joel Embiid. Kevin love though, I think is very fascinating because that $31 million, uh, is a pretty perfect salary match for Ben Simmons. And while yes, that's a terrible trade, uh, for Philadelphia, I would be interested to see if some sort of Colin Sexton, Kevin love combination could be something that, that, uh, Philadelphia entertains. I don't necessarily think that that would be the best move for them, but if you're matching salaries, you want to get Colin Sexton, uh, and maybe a little bit more, or obviously you would, you would need to get a little bit more from Cleveland, uh, or maybe a third, getting a third team involved there. I think that could be interesting. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, do still think there are far better packages out there for, for Ben Simmons. Um, but I wouldn't be totally surprised if a Kevin Love, uh, or Kevin Love was was being discussed as part of or Cleveland trying to to get their hands on Ben Simmons and trying to use Kevin Love somewhere in there, whether he goes to Philadelphia or even a third team, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think it's it's unlikely, just given the the volume of the contract and the uh, and the significance of it. But if I were to see if that report were to come out, it wouldn't totally shock me.
0: Right no, I, I like that idea a lot. Uh, we we talked about last time Philadelphia wanting or almost needing a guard to come in and, and handle some of the um, possession, the ball, the ball handling that they lose when they would trade Ben Simmons. So uh, I think Colin Sexton is kind of a nice little fit there. Um, and K Love is obviously a win-now guy who can help score and and rebound when he, he doesn't have to be the main option. Um, so that that is definitely definitely an interesting piece. Um, I, I, do think that there, there might be some through third team in there where Caleb gets rerouted somewhere, uh, but I don't hate that. Yeah. And if I Definitely can, interesting.
1: if I can add to this, I also want to say that I firmly believe that Kevin love, while I know a lot of people are like, you know, he's washed, he's injury prone. The injury concerns are very valid, but the second I, I genuinely believe the second you see Kevin love end up in a place where he really wants to be. And in a better situation where he can, he can really compete. He's not going to be the same Kevin Love that you're seeing uh, in Cleveland right now who just doesn't look all that motivated to be there. I I think it's going to be kind of similar to the Blake Griffin situation. He's not going to come out and be like overwhelmingly crazy like Minnesota Kevin Love. I'm not saying that, but to say that he's like a waste of space or some people out there that just think he's totally washed and just a complete liability out there. I don't think that's going to be the case. If you put him in a situation where he is competitive, do I think he's worth $31 million? I wouldn't go that far, but having him be included in a trade where he ends up in a competitive team, I, I, I don't think that that would be a total waste for that team.
0: Right. You beat me with the Blake Griffin comparison. I think that's perfect. A, a guy who um, I recommend just real quick, anyone who hasn't gone and listened to the old man and the three podcast, JJ Reddick's pod, Most recently had Blake Griffin on. That was a fantastic interview. Um, Talked about what it was like for him to be in Detroit and talked about how um, I want to say this past season uh, coming into camp. He was told he was like, hey, we got a lot of young guys, but we want you to be a mentor to these guys. We want you to help. Blake said, hey, I'm all on board. Uh, I'll be the vet that you want me to be. And then as the season progressed, he obviously was not playing well and talked about kind of his struggles ha- had been dealing with some injuries as well. And then the team said, Hey, we're kind of looking to um, develop these young guys and, and in a way said they were embracing the full tank. And so then they kind of worked to a mutual buyout agreement. And and obviously he went to Brooklyn after that uh, and played very well, kind of fit right into the system. He also talked about what it was like to um, kind of go from being the guy or, or the main Um, focus of an offense in Detroit to being more of a role player in Brooklyn and how that transition worked for him so I I recommend you go um, listen to that but I think like you said it'd be very similar for Kevin Love uh, if he went to a a contender not having to be the guy um, and and being in a more competitive situation so yeah I I like that comparison a lot Um, but I'm with you so let's keep moving I don't have a lot more to add on Philly the next team's the Brooklyn Nets though if we're just going from top to bottom in the standings and with their cap situation, I don't really think there's any way Brooklyn makes a move for for any of these guys. Obviously, they do have some salary pieces that they could move, but I just don't see any incentive for them to do so. Lauren, do you have any thoughts with Brooklyn before we just move right along? No,
1: I agree. I think we should move on. It doesn't make any sense for them to go after any of these pieces, except for Kevin Love if he is bought out. But yeah, I think we should just move on.
0: Absolutely. So the, so next is the defending champs, the Milwaukee Bucks. I kind of think they're in a similar situation. Uh, obviously they did lose PJ Tucker. He went to, I believe Miami. Um, so I I don't want to sit here and say they're bringing the exact same team back. Uh, but you expect Dante DiVincenzo to be back from injury, which could help help them as well. Uh, I just don't see any of these guys making a huge fit or, or not. That's not sure. Obviously some of these guys would fit. I just don't think it would make sense for Milwaukee. Um, to kind of abandon any of their pieces. Um, Lauren, next is the New York Knicks. Obviously you have anything on Milwaukee or any thoughts there, feel free to share, but next is the New York Knicks. And I think this is kind of an interesting team to discuss.
1: Yeah. The Knicks are very fascinating. Obviously Porzingis, that's, we're just not even going to discuss that. That makes <laughs> zero sense. Um, but Kevin Lo- Kevin love also makes no sense. The, given the timeline of that team, I don't know why they would make that move. Um, and, and kind of the same for Harrison Barnes. Like Harrison Barnes is not necessarily on their timeline. Yes, they are very young, but it is worth, I mean, they are trying to be competitive. They're trying to show these young guys, uh, and even Julius Randle, who is performing at the best he has uh, throughout his career right now in New York. They are, try- and they also, Derrick Rose, they are trying to be competitive, even though they are so young. Um, so I could see them. Taking, Trying to, to bring someone like Harrison Barnes in uh, because also Sacramento is a super young team. So if you're trying to maybe move some pieces around and get someone that's more competitive uh, and has that veteran experience in New York, I could see them trying to make a, make a swing for that. The salary matching is obviously a little bit difficult, but New York is very fascinating to me because they have a couple of pieces that I don't really know what their future is uh, with that team. And, and first comes to mind is, is Mitchell Robinson. Robinson uh where for for the longest time they were like man he has got such a high ceiling he is like the he's our he's one of our key pieces of the future and I just don't know that they still view him that way so uh they obviously still have Obi Toppin who battled with some injury last year and they also brought in Jericho Sims Jericho Sims is super athletic a super fun prospect he is in on a two-way contract for them but New York has a lot of options in terms of who they want to prioritize giving these minutes to in terms of the younger guys, uh, or if they want to try and maybe put something together. I mean, they just went out and signed Evan Fournier. Like that's not a rebuilding move. They're trying to be competitive. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a move for someone like Harrison Barnes. Um, I don't see Kevin love Chris Stapps, obviously, or uh, miles Turner being realistic targets for New York. And I, and I will note, I think Harrison Barnes is, is unlikely, but the logic behind the move makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. I do think it's interesting to discuss Miles Turner. I think they could say, hey, like you mentioned, for exactly those reasons, maybe Mitchell Robinson is not their center of the future. Um, so maybe they want to bring in Miles Turner, a guy who has, has great rim protection abilities and, and obviously has flashed some ability as an all-star as well. Um, they did bring back Nerlens Noel at $8.8 million, So I've got their cap sheet up, potentially talking about a trade I don't know why New York would go this direction, just because I don't think um, it's it's the best upgrade necessarily or the best fit. I also think it's interesting to mention if, if we're trading Nerland uh, mm-hmm. for Miles Turner as part of that package, Nerland's going to reunite with uh, Rick Carlisle oh, may not that
1: be something. Be
0: <laughs> may not be exactly the way to go there, so I doubt that would happen. Um, but uh, an interesting tradable chip is R.J. Barrett. I don't know what they see for him in the future obviously he still has a lot of upside he's very young um so i don't know that they'd be ready to punt on that especially for for a guy like miles turner i don't know that um miles turner is a huge ceiling raiser in in that that case uh kemba walker 8.7 obviously he's just signed so that may have to wait to trade him a little bit um but kevin knox is another guy um making 5.8 million uh what does his future look like is he poised to have a breakout year i'm not quite sure um i don't know I just think the Knicks have a lot of tradable assets and a lot of solid contracts. Alec Burks obviously just signed, but he's set to make 9.5 million. Uh, So a lot of, a lot of pieces that, that could help um, come trade deadline. I don't know that they, they're going to be buyers by any means. I think if they end up buying, it's going to be for somebody. And I, I say this just because it comes to mind. Somebody like Ben Simmons, somebody who's available like that, an all-star level player who will help raise their ceiling. Um, but I, I almost see the Knicks being more sellers come trade deadline, just because the East is going to be so tough. And while I do think they had a great off season, I think Kemba is going to come in and help Evan Fournier, obviously is going to come in and help and be a score creator that they need. Uh, Derek Rose and Julius Randall, obviously are, are very talented on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so I like what the Knicks did. I just think the East is so talented and obviously the 76ers are a huge question mark right now when you look at the Eastern standings, um, but the Knicks are just kind of in this limbo position right now. Where are they going to be? Another top four team in the East? I don't know. Could they be a bottom eight or a bottom four? Very potentially. Uh, the East is just going to be very fascinating this this year, and I don't know where I see the Knicks um, throughout the season. Will they be buyers? Will they be sellers? I just don't know.
1: Yeah, I think the the buyers versus sellers uh, thing is very interesting because like with the specific structure and uh amount of a lot of their contracts you mentioned Evan Fournier, uh Alec Burks, even even someone like Nerlens Noel. These are like they are super tradable contracts. Personally, I view I I think that they, that they currently view RJ Barrett as untouchable right now. He had a spectacular season last year, so I don't see them trading him in any scenario. Uh but Ben Simmons and Miles Turner are fascinating. I know I initially said that I don't see them making a swing for for Miles Turner, but if they could somehow pair him with Julius Randle, that would be a pretty ideal starting front court for them because you you got two pretty young guys and that's again, if you opt to punt on Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson uh and yeah, Nerlens is only making 8. So Nerlens can come off their bench, maybe you move Mitchell Robinson uh for Miles Turner who's a little bit stronger um and just better better suited to to win now than than probably someone like Mitchell Robinson. Um so I think that, that could be interesting for New York. But yeah, I would expect New York to be sellers come. Well, I don't know. I, I man, I go back I could go back and forth. I don't right? anticipate yeah, I don't anticipate them being top four in the east the east is only getting stronger boston is healthy boston is coming uh they are ready to go miami obviously miami. yeah miami even toronto like who and and not to mention the charlotte hornets like the charlotte hornets are out here they had a spectacular offseason um and i just i think they addressed they addressed all their needs and while they are still very young they are hungry that team so i can't wait to watch what they do um I don't know that I have too, too much faith in Washington, but I do think if New York finds themselves in that six to eight range uh, and, and kind of staying there consistently throughout the season, they might look at selling uh, on some of these contracts and trying to accumulate more assets to maybe make that move for Ben Simmons or uh, something long-term or something bigger, maybe down the line.
0: Absolutely. So next in the standings, we've got the Atlanta Hawks. I think this is a very interesting team. We talked about them last week being a very uh, intriguing team or a team to keep your eye on when it comes to the Ben Simmons sweepstakes. Um, And I, I still think that's a very strong possibility. Um, But the Hawks are another fascinating team. Where do they see themselves? Where does the office see them? The front office see this team next year? What, what do they realistically believe their ceiling is? Um, If they do think it's, it's an Eastern Conference Finals, then I don't know that they're going to make a lot of changes. However, I think if they're realistic, looking at what the other teams in the East have done this off season, uh, for all the reasons you just mentioned with Miami and Boston, uh, do do they see themselves getting that far again? I don't know. So where, where I think this is interesting, I almost, of all these these four players that we've laid out, I think Port Zingas would be, one that makes the most sense for them. Um, Kevin Love is another guy who I think could um, make some sense. But honestly, if you're looking to bring in a win now guy, I don't know that you're going to swap Gallinari and Delon Wright maybe to match salaries with Kevin Love. I don't know that that's a, a massive upgrade. Um, maybe it makes some sense, but I think Porzingis could be a guy that helps raise their ceiling at least. And, and Porzingis is that kind of guy. When you look at the Mavs roster, and the outlook for the season, it's all going to come down to what Porzingis does and, and what he looks like. Um, Luca has already brought the floor of the Mavs so high, but how good Porzingis and how healthy Porzingis can be is really what's going to cap the ceiling of this team. And so I think you look you look at it the same way as if you were uh, with Atlanta. Um, and I, I think if the Mavs are looking to trade Porzingis, it's because he's not going to be the ceiling raiser that you expect. So, that kind of makes the situation a little interesting as well. But I do think Atlanta is an, an interesting spot for them, or maybe they say, okay, Gallinari and – I don't know that DeLon Wright going back to Dallas would make a lot of sense, but maybe Gallinari and DeAndre Hunter uh, would be something to put together for Porzingis. Uh, I, I don't know that the Mavs would entertain that per se, but, but I think that's an interesting piece. Just looking salary-wise, that gives a young player plus a win-now player going back to Dallas. That's not the worst package, I think, That Dallas would see um and I think Atlanta would like that Lauren um, do you have any thoughts on on Porzingis or any of the guys really to Atlanta
1: um personally I don't like any of these guys to Atlanta with Atlanta just extending Clint Capella he is the perfect uh lob target and rim protector to complement John Collins in that front court. I don't see them making a move for Harrison Barnes because he is that small ball, big, uh, too redundant to John Collins. I don't think moving him to the three would be wise. Uh, if you're what, with what you're going to give up to even match salary, uh, miles Turner, again, redundant to Clint Capella, uh, Kevin love not on their timeline. Uh, and yeah, and Porzingis, I, I personally, I don't think that that would be a great move for them uh, because Clint Capella, again, is is more ideal with what they're looking for. And, and Porzingis, uh, there are those defensive concerns and they're ha- having someone like Clint Capella allows you to cover up the concerns of, of John Collins, or at least try and balance them out a little bit. So uh, if you were to somehow swap Porzingis for where maybe not for capella straight up but insert him into capella's role next to john collins i think that atlanta would be taking a step back
0: yeah i'm with you i the the fit and the chemistry they do have right now is their biggest asset in in terms of atlanta and so while i think they need more talent to get over the hump um it's tough to want to try to break that up so i'm with you there definitely an interesting conversation Um, Moving right along, next in the Eastern Conference is Miami. Now, we Mm -hmm. talked about how kind of cap-restricted they were this past offseason and the decisions they had to make. They obviously had a great offseason, bringing back Duncan Robinson, adding Kyle Lowry. Lauren, is there anybody here that you see looking to add? I don't know that Miami um, would necessarily be buyers, but they dealt with a lot of injury. They had a little COVID concerns last year, so um, I think the addition of Kyle Lowry in their eyes is enough, especially with T. P.J. Tucker as well that's enough for them to say all right let's run this back and, and and give it another shot
1: yeah um as much as I think they might like to add someone like Harrison Barnes like you mentioned they they went out and spent all their money on um Kyle Lowry uh brought in P.J. Tucker like you mentioned but also Mark Markeith Morris um so mm-hmm. like they're kind of set to go uh Bam's extension kicks in this next season he'll be making 28 million so even though they might like to add someone like Harrison Barnes they're just not going to have the money to do it so uh yeah I think we can keep moving right along
0: yeah I think it would have to take Duncan Robinson and something and that just doesn't seem to be something they'd want to do so I'm with you so moving right along number seven is the Boston Celtics now I think this is an intriguing team to talk about Mm -hmm. they obviously brought back um Al Horford I almost said Al Harrington and my head was oh like, no, Grant, gosh. that's wrong. Wow.
1: What a, <laughs> yeah, what, a, a uh, what a throwback. tripped down the time machine or in the time machine, anyway.
0: Yeah. So, so Al Horford um, was great for them a couple seasons ago. Uh, was not awful, obviously for OKC, but a very different role there. Um, and, and at a different team. So Al Horford coming back to Boston, uh, obviously Jalen Brown, hopefully being healthy. And then hopefully the team doesn't have to deal too much with COVID anymore. Um, as well as adding Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder, I think this team is poised to be very competitive in the East, already going to be very tough. Um, I don't know that they'd look to add anybody. Obviously, Harrison Barnes, I think, was floated around last year. Uh, there were a lot of rumors about him making his way to Boston. I don't know that that door would be shut necessarily, but when you look at some of these guys, uh, it just doesn't make a lot of sense in my eyes um, to move on from from one, one guy To another, maybe you look at Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, and Chris Dunn just looking to match salaries. That puts you roughly at about 21 million. Um, I don't know that that would be a a huge upgrade for for a guy like Harrison Barnes because you lose a lot of ball handling right there. So I don't know. It's an interesting topic, but I don't know that, that Boston would be looking to make any of these moves. Lauren, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, it, we are dealing with all forwards here uh, in, in big men. So Boston, I could see them being buyers. I think that they made a lot of improvement this offseason. Uh, I've seen a little bit of uh, backlash in terms of Boston making a move for Josh Richardson. Uh, but you and I have discussed why we think that that is a, a, a solid move um just real quick to kind of recap on that i mean he's a ball handler he's a guy that's been a starter his entire career uh and now playing in a situation where he's going to be able to handle the ball more because like you just mentioned they need that ball handling um i think he's going to contribute just fine there so i don't see them giving up the playmaking that they have just acquired this this past off season um they extended Marcus Smart they they just don't really have the money to, to go out and make a big move. They need Al Horford. Um, is he worth 27 million? I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I don't see them moving on from Al Horford. Um, and yeah, that just, it gets a little tricky there. So maybe if Josh Richardson doesn't pan out to be what they need him to be, or they look and say, Hey, maybe we need this guy. There are some other trade targets out there that we might might discuss in a later pod, uh, that could fit the Celtics a little bit more. Uh, and yeah, the Schroeder contract and, and the Josh Richardson contract would be the two that I would keep my eye on and Chris Dunn as well in terms of, of movement, but are potential pieces to move. Uh, but yeah, as of right now with the guys that we're currently discussing, I don't really know uh, that any of them would be something that they should go after right now, despite the previous Harrison Barnes uh, connections to Boston.
0: Absolutely. So, so next is the Washington Wizards, and I think this is an interesting team. So, we got to preface this with saying, obviously, for the hundredth time, the East is going to be so competitive that I don't know if these guys crack um, the playoffs. Maybe they're sniffing the play-in next year, and, and obviously, with the play-in, anything can happen. Um, but Bradley Beal is obviously rumors are going to surround him as long as he is there. I think, mm-hmm. or as long as they have not established themselves as a contender. I think they're hoping that some sort of mid-three, I don't want to call them a big three, but in quotations, a, a trio of Beal, Dinwiddie, and then Kuzma, seeing what he can put together, uh, while having Bertons and, and KCP surrounding them with shooting, uh, I think ideally they, they like that on paper, but I don't know that that's going to launch you into playoff contention by any means. Um, Lauren, do any of these trade pieces that we're talking about, do you, do you think that is a, an intriguing... Um, addition for Washington to pursue?
1: Um, I don't hate Miles Turner. Uh, I, I think Miles Turner could be interesting. They've got some bigs there, but they need to take a step up. They need to take, get someone that's more prepared to win now. Uh, there's also been some connections to Chris Porzingis. I don't think uh, the Wizards would offer anything that Dallas would be intrigued by. They seem pretty pretty set on trying to bring back Porzingis and show that he can be what they've always wanted him to be. Uh, and, and, and it's worth mentioning that any trade with Washington is likely going to include, include Davis Bertans, uh, which is what brings me to miles Turner. I think that there's a chance. Maybe there's some interest there with Indiana, obviously Rick Carlisle. We know how his offense works. It's a lot of three point shooting They he likes the threes. So I could see uh, Bertons being, being an option there. Uh, Harrison Barnes is also somebody that that I could see working in in Washington but again you need someone that's going to kind of uh, that's going to allow you to be more competitive and while all these guys would do that you have to look at what would be offered in return and with a package that's primarily uh or it's going to include uh Bertans I don't think that that's a good move for Sacramento don't think it's a good move for for Cleveland obviously um and and Dallas Dallas either I think the only one where something could happen would be Indiana
0: yeah I think the only thing I want to toss around is the idea of Kevin Love um I don't know that he perfectly fits but I think what would be interesting is if Washington and I I haven't looked at their schedule but if they jump out the first 15-20 games of the season and they're looking at 13 and seven or 14 and six and they just have a, a great start to the season um, obviously that could go one of two ways they can say hey we're we like what we got what we have is working or they could say like like maybe they're 13 seven 12 and eight kind of kind of record over 20 and they say hey we need we need one more thing to, to try and upgrade here maybe they send Bertons and Denny to Cleveland to try to bring in Kevin Love to help kind of raise that ceiling or, or maybe even raise the floor a little bit. Um I think that's one scenario they could they could make a play for somebody like that. Um outside of that, I think the only other piece is Miles Turner for all the reasons you touched on. So Yeah. Um, Washington's fascinating.
1: Personally, I don't see them. I mean, Denny had a significant injury last season, so I don't see them being willing to punt on him quite yet. And I don't think Kevin Love is necessarily worthy, uh, like given the how that situation has deteriorated uh, to the point of even a buyout negotiation discussion. I don't know that they're going to get a young piece in return for Kevin Love. Uh, but it's worth mentioning that Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and Montrezl Harrell are all making around well, the middle would be $11 million. Trez is making nine. The other two are making 13. So those are potentially movable pieces. Uh, I think Absolutely. they're probably going to try to hold on to Kuzma and see if they can get something out of him that he wasn't doing in LA. Uh, but but Trez and, and Kentavious Colwell Pope could be movable pieces uh, where they try to package something together or get someone that could come in and, and compete now. So that, that, I mean, that could get interesting.
0: Absolutely. The, the only reason I threw Denny out there is trying to entice Cleveland. And the only reason I even entertain Kevin Love is you've got to you've got to convince Bradley Beal that you're putting together a winner. Uh, and if you couldn't do that with Russell Westbrook last year, um, obviously you're banking on Dinwiddie and, and Kuzma being huge. But maybe there's something else you got to do. So I don't know. Threw that out there. I just don't know what the ceiling or even the floor of this team is. There, there's yeah. a lot of question marks. Uh, obviously, if Kuzma hits and, and just turns out to be a perfect second or third piece, I think you're kind of happy. But I don't know that you're you're doing much more than a play-in game. So, right, uh, very interesting. Bradley Beal obviously is going to score tons of points next year. So, from that aspect, will just be tons of fun to watch. But other than that, we're we're going to move on to the Indiana Pacers. Obviously, we've been talking about Miles Turner. Um, Lauren, do you see Miles Turner maybe as a swap for any of these other guys? I think that could be interesting to talk about.
1: Uh, Potentially. Potentially another guy on that list. (laughs)
0: Uh I think the Uh Porzingis-Turner swap could be very interesting. Yeah, Um, I like that for Dallas. Obviously, adding a rim protector. um, You probably upgrade a little bit defensively, but you take a, a step back offensively. So, I don't know what Jason Kidd system is going to look like yet so I think a lot of that would kind of hang on this um I I also wonder what Porzingis would think about this oh, going God. back to play nope. for Rick Carlisle he yeah will. maybe maybe not his best um fit but who knows uh, obviously we're we're hopeful that this Jason Kidd matchup kind of works um but we we just genuinely have no idea how this is going to play out we don't know what his offense is going to look like um, with Luca predominantly handling the ball. So a lot of question marks there. Uh, is there any other thoughts you have on, on these guys or anything with Indiana?
1: Yeah, definitely. So with Miles Turner, uh, and, and let me preface this by saying, Porzingis, like we said at the top of this pod, that Dallas is not going to trade Porzingis uh, immediately or even really anytime soon. They want to show that this duo can work. Uh, they want Porzingis to be showcased in an offense next to Luca, uh, and allow him to continue to be productive, uh, and, and be this star next to Luca. But if for some reason they're like, this is just not working, we need to move on for everyone involved. I, I think the, the Rick Carlisle reuniting, uh, KP and, and Carlisle is very interesting because I, that might be where you need to see a third team get involved. Um, because I think Porzingis would probably try to do everything he could to stop that. And I don't know that Indiana would love a Sabonis Porzingis front court. I don't know that that's ideal for them, but talk about for Dallas, uh, another Pacers big question for them is what are we going to do with TJ Warren? Are we going to extend him? Are we going to pay him? Are we going to trade him? What are we going to do? So Miles Turner, TJ Warren, those two contracts put you right at 30 million. Porzingis is making 29 and a half next season. So I don't necessarily think that you would do a swap for those like those two for Porzingis, uh, because I think Dallas would pro- the return that Dallas is getting at that point, personally, I think is a little bit higher than what, what you're what you're put, passing out with Porzingis as of right now in terms of value. Um, but if you get a third team involved there you know, maybe you move some money around there. There's also been talks about maybe potentially moving Jeremy lamb. That's a map. That's a very significant roster overhaul for, uh, Indiana. That's, I mean, you're, you're talking about three starters, uh, out for Indiana, but so I, I don't know, but I do think that it could be very interesting because miles Turner is from Texas in the offseason. He spends his time in Austin. So it's not a stretch to connect miles Turner to Dallas.
0: Absolutely. So moving on next in the Eastern standings is the Charlotte Hornets. Um, you talked about the off season they had. I don't know that they'd be looking to make a huge upgrade, obviously adding a lot of young pieces. So I think miles Turner is an interesting piece that could fly in here. What, what is kind of fascinating about the cap situation is they just don't have a lot of cap- tradable contracts outside of Ubre and Mason Plumlee, who, uh, I think Plumlee came in via trade and, and Ubre is a recent signing. So you've got to wait some time for those guys to trade, be traded, excuse me. Um, but together they make 20 million. I don't know that together it's an interesting package or worth um, another team. You, you, you'd you have to add some assets, whether they're draft picks or, or young players. And I don't know that, that Charlotte would be interested in doing that. Um, obviously the fit of, of some of these other players are, are great, but I just don't know that the, the package that they have to offer would be worth uh, entertaining for some of these other teams. Lauren, do you have any thoughts here? Uh,
1: Yeah, I just, I think when they made the trade for Mason Plumlee, that was kind of them addressing uh, their need for a true center. I know he's, well, I'm looking at a uh, spot track right now and they have them listed as a power forward, which I think is ludicrous. Um, but <laughs> that was, that addressed a big need for them going into this, off season they had Cody Zeller He was a free agent uh, but getting Mason Plumley I mean that that's a solid replacement not knowing what the market maybe not knowing what the market was for Cody Zeller or if he would return obviously he's now in Portland so bringing in Mason Plumley was a good move and then you go out into the draft and get not just Book Knight but also Kai Jones so i think they're pretty set in the front court i would be pretty surprised to see them try and make a move for any of the guys that we're talking about they also have been connected to Porzingis but to make the salaries match. I think you'd probably be looking at some sort of Gordon Hayward type trade, either swap or three team deal. And I don't know why, uh, Charlotte would want to do that. And I definitely don't think Dallas should do that. So I'm, I'm not even really going to entertain that.
0: Absolutely. So next on most is the Chicago bulls, I think they're another team with all the additions that they've had this offseason, aren't going to look to make any more changes to their roster. Um, Obviously injuries may change that or um, chemistry issues could change that, but I think they'd want to make this work. And so I just don't see Chicago being a team um, to look to make any upgrades just because of all the changes that they've had. Lauren, any thoughts there before we move on to Toronto?
1: Uh, no, they've spent all their money.
0: Absolutely. So the Raptors next uh, they're interesting because there have been rumors uh, about wanting, not wanting to move on, but, but entertaining the idea of a Pascal Siakam trade. Um, I think that could be an interesting piece. Maybe Porzingis could be a swap there. Um, I don't know that Kevin Love fits their timeline now. Um, They they did draft, obviously, Scotty Barnes. Uh, They do have Fred Van Fleet. Um, But I I don't know that that's a a kind of match made in heaven. I don't know that that would be worth moving off of Pascal for. And and I don't know that they they necessarily would have to move off Siakam. I I don't think OG Ananobi would be a guy Mm -hmm. you would trade. Um, to get Harrison Barnes, Gary Trent, kind of same thing. I, I I don't know what what it would take for them. Obviously, the fit uh, for some of these guys on paper would be great. I just don't know how they kind of make it happen. Lauren, any thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I think the only guy on this list. Well, I guess I guess two, Miles Turner and Porzingis would be the two that they would go after, or that they could that they could look at. Uh, but I don't think a pa- Dallas would not want Pascal for um Porzingis and Toronto has a glaring need for for a a true five uh so I do like the Miles Turner fit there but I just don't know like maybe that's where the Goran trade happens and maybe there's a three-team trade kind of going on there but I I just don't know how that quite how that would work um and shoot maybe Dallas gets in there and Maybe you got Miles Turner going to Toronto, Goran coming to Dallas and maybe Dwight Powell plus a couple of things uh, to go reunite with Rick and in Indiana. Maybe that's something that, that, that goes, but uh, for, for Toronto, I think there it's going to take a lot for them to move off of Pascal, even though there are the rumors. I also think uh, OG is untouchable for the Raptors at this current particular moment in time.
0: I'm with you. Um, so next is the Cleveland Cavaliers. We've obviously been talking about Kevin Love a ton. Um, we talked last time about a potential fit for Ben Simmons as well, as some of their tradable pieces. They do seem to have some bit, somewhat of a log jam at big right now. They've got Kevin Love, Lowry Markinen, um, Jared Allen, and obviously they just drafted
1: Evan on his
0: name. Thank you. I was seeing USC in my head and couldn't put his name there. So Evan Moley, so they've got a lot of bigs. Obviously, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are some of their guards that come to mind. Um, they're they're probably another lottery team next year i don't know that they're going to be making the playoffs um so so in terms of these guys i don't know that they're going to add anybody to win now i think their their moves that they would make would be probably be moving off of kevin love whether that is through trade or buyout any thoughts here before we move on to orlando and detroit
1: no i think we can just move move right along
0: absolutely I, i think when you look at detroit as well just a skip through them real quick they're so young they're just going to continue to look to develop some of their young guys and and if anything add young assets as well so i don't see them looking to take on any of these guys orlando could be intriguing but again they're another team who's probably going to be sniffing the lottery next year um who could be looking to add pieces i I don't hate the idea of them adding someone like porzingis to come in and, and kind of be their offensive focal point um, because right now, I think that's their biggest um, need. Is they need they need a guy, and I don't know that Porzingis is the guy for them, uh, but he could be the number one in their offense to, to try to help, just give that team some sort of purpose right now because they just have a lot of um, great role players. I think maybe Jalen Suggs and and Franz Wagner are two guys who you hope um, develop into something, but I I don't know what their direction is right now, so I don't see them. As huge players for these guys. They could potentially be a 13 to look out for. Lauren, I've touched on a lot there between Detroit and Orlando. Any talk. Yeah, I
1: think with Detroit, there's nothing to really talk about. They're going to try to continue to get younger and just keep this young group going. Uh, with Orlando, I think Porzingis is interesting. You're kind of looking at a similar Vooch role where you would have someone uh, who you kind of – I don't want to say run the offense through because they did that with Vooch because he's a good – Passer. I don't see that being the same situation with poor Zingas, but um, par- having a front court of him and Jonathan Isaac would be incredibly fascinating, but you just traded Vooch for Wendell Carter Jr. So you're, I mean, he's a key piece to that core. So what are you moving him to the bench or definitely not moving Jonathan Isaac to the bench? So I don't really know that any of these moves would make a whole lot of sense for Orlando personally.
0: Absolutely. I'm with you. Well, I think that's going to conclude the first part of our two-part um, trade breakdown analysis, kind of the peek behind the curtain for, for what Lauren and I are constantly talking about, just kicking around trades and kind of how we got to some of the Ben Simmons options we did in our last pod. Um, so thanks for stopping by. Stay tuned. Later this week, we're going to be dropping part two where we do the same thing, but we're going to be going through the Western Conference. Thank you for stopping by.